the members of Theity are visiting the antidote. So good to have you guys here. Hey. Hey, what's up? Lauren, I need you to give us the story because I heard that Theity began as your solo project. How did you make that work? Um, well, I've been doing music for a long time just as a teenager. And when Charlie and I got married, I kind of stopped performing for a while, but I continued to write some. And so he was encouraging me to start playing shows again. So I, I applied for a festival here in Arkansas. Um, at the time, it was one of the bigger ones um, for this area. And I got accepted, but the guy in charge of booking was like encouraging me to have some friends or at least like some backing tracks or whatever to kind of fill it out because sure. I was going to be playing in the middle of a whole bunch of different bands. So he didn't want it to sound awkward, just me and a guitar. So I found some friends that wanted to play with me and we had a fun time with it. So we did a few shows that way, just kind of under my name before we decided that we wanted to make an official band and keep doing music and charles so tell us the truth did you have to be dragged into the band kicking and screaming not not really um (laughs) so the way we started dating was i pretended to know how to set up drums and i pretended i knew something about how a live concert should sound because i love concerts i love music i love all of it, except for I at the time I didn't play an instrument, so um, it was it was kind of exciting to have more of a management and behind the scenes type role to begin mm-hmm. with, um, and then the need opened up because Lauren was playing acoustic, but she didn't want to be stuck to a guitar and a microphone stand, so the bass player at the time took over guitar, so Lauren could just sing. And I picked up the bass, and she taught me everything I know on bass. I mean, I definitely excel at the business stuff and the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, over playing my instrument. But it's all been fun. I kind of enjoyed it from the beginning. So, And now, Chad, you get to tell us your story. How did you get roped into this? Um, well, I knew a person who had a friend whose boyfriend was filling in for them at the time. And then they needed somebody who could play drums for a few shows. And I, I filled in for those. And then from there, I was just kind of playing with them. And I didn't, I didn't really have any other big plans going at the moment. So I was like, yeah, this seems like a really fun thing to do. And what, four years, five so, years later, years. they can't get rid of me. So, <laughs> you know, I can't be fired. I've been here too long. I hate to say this, but your story makes it sound like this was only one step above being a Craigslist musician. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, the drummer that filled in for us before him was a Craigslist drummer. So he went on tour with us for about four months. He lived in Atlanta at the time, and he drove over here to Arkansas and got in a van with four other strangers and was on the road with us for like four or five months. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, something that surprises me about Theity is that you are a three-piece. So we got Lauren on vocals, Charles, you already said about you doing bass and Chad on the kit. There's got to be more people in the background to create a sound like yours. 
Yeah, lately we've just been having uh, fill-in guitarists whenever we have shows. Um, we have a, a couple guys that have been um, playing with us recently, like within the last year or two. Um, but all of this new stuff that we put out, our album Smoke and Mirrors, we wrote with a close friend of ours. He wrote all the guitars um, and helped us to orchestrate all the music and stuff. And we're going to talk about Smoke and Mirrors in a little bit, but I want to go back in time to 2014 and the debut, your self-titled album. What was running through your heads as you went into the studio? Oh, man, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, (laughs) I had a little bit of experience recording music, but all of those songs that we put out at that time were things that I had already written, and then we formed the band and we're like well let's go record we have these songs let's go track them i feel like it was a good experience but we definitely didn't have a good grasp on what we wanted to sound like the direction of the band and all of that so yeah it was it was a lot of learning experience um but it also was like my friends everybody in the group at that time were I don't know, filling filling those roles, but they didn't have a lot invested in the music, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. When I heard the album, I was thinking, okay, it isn't the same caliber as what you're doing now. But it really had some solid songs like uh, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. And I like the song lyrics because they say, your light illuminates hope, just like a kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. So I get it that hope is there, but have there been discouraging moments? Oh, yes, for sure. (laughs) How many times has the bus broken down? (laughs) Uh, um, I've lost lost track. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I haven't even been in for the whole thing, and I I can't count them. Up until recently, it's been a reoccurring issue um, that has been a major discouragement to me is that I feel like there's been several times where we're like getting on a roll and we're we're starting to play shows regularly. We we have a vehicle, we have a full lineup, and then something happens, either like a major breakdown with the vehicle, or right before we're getting ready to go into the studio, we lose a guitarist, or uh, just something that kind of completely changes the whole dynamic of the band. And I feel like we haven't had a good groove. And maybe it's a good thing. It's helped us grow because I don't feel like we've ever really been like in a comfortable spot, like with everybody in the band. We're all learning something new all the time because like we need to, not because we're wanting to, but it's it's a necessity for us to figure out how to make this happen without the ideal circumstances or situations. You brought about touring. Is that a major part of what the band does? I would like it to be a bigger part of what the band does. Um, obviously, right now at the current state of large gatherings, um, it's been difficult to book stuff. But also, even before 2020, it was challenging for us to book stuff. Challenging for us to like get compensated what we needed to, to make it worth us. Like taking time off of our day jobs to go travel and perform get you know like booking a solid tour where you don't have a lot of dead time in between is difficult to do and we've been pretty much like diy booking we haven't really worked with any kind of booking agency for an extended period of time um 
So I, I would like to do more shows for sure. Um, and I'm hoping that it becomes easier for live music in general, but also for us to be able to do more shows because I don't know, that's where it comes alive so much more. And, and then you're face to face with people. You can connect with your audience so much better. It's, it's I think it's probably most of our, our favorite parts about it. I'd like to get into the title track from the Define the Relationship album. You can't be rescued without surrender. There is no life without death. Where you get if your heart is divided. Right here and now, define the relationship. Now, I do get that because it took me a long time to accept Christ. What's your story? Uh, I don't really help write the lyrics or anything, but... I can learn from the lyrics and I try to apply them more practically. And I think that song, when we released that album, we were kind of right at a a turning point as a band and as a Christian rock band about like whether we were going to be committed to our mission and what we were wanting to accomplish with the band as far as spreading our message of hope. And we wrote that song and the whole like being all in committed to our mission, we we were seriously talking with all of our members. We had planned and we were working on a tour to where we were actually all quitting our jobs and like putting all of our faith and all of our uh, finances and everything into the band and moving out of our apartments, like mm-hmm. quitting our jobs and going on the road. We were out for well five or six months, right? Four or five months. I think it keeps changing every time I talk about this. Uh, <laughs> it was a really defining time in my life whenever we're like, all right, this is serious and this is what I want to do with my life. And we're proving it by going out on the road. The album titled Define the Relationship, because it brings up another point. I mean, it's typical for people to have a different faith journey. So isn't it hard to actually define a relationship? when you don't have walls around you. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. Um, and then, and also like you kind of have to figure out what your calling on life is supposed to look like. And like, I'm kind of figuring out going with the flow of things and letting, letting the spirit guide you and not being afraid to challenge those limits a little bit and our way of thinking. That answers the question. <laughs> yeah, that does, actually. That answers very well. But then I guess that also brings up another point. Is your Christian faith then always black and white? Or it sounds like grace creeping in? Not that that's a negative at all. I personally think that there, there's going to be some parts of you know, faith and the way you view you know, God and the Bible and everything, there's, there's going to be those things that are black and white, but then there's other things. It's like, there's very complex things today that there is a lot of gray area to, and it can be hard to distinguish what is right and wrong and how that kind of looks to everybody else. Well, yeah, I think, I think there are some very black and white things. I think that to me, it's very clear who Jesus is and and that salvation is through Jesus. I guess maybe the way that I thought that maybe like as a kid, what I thought my life should look like or would look like is different than 
it ended up being. And I think sometimes it's easy to look back and go like, okay, was I wrong? I don't know that I was wrong um, in the way that I was thinking, but I, I think that it's important to let the Holy Spirit teach you and grow you and challenge the way that you have thought all along. Do you feel that's been the point of theity, to steer people in the right direction? Yes. I mean, I think we started with the intention of pointing people toward hope, and we find our hope in Christ. So, obviously, like, that's the tendency that we go toward. Um, But we're also, like, not super preachy, um, so it's something that people kind of have to, like, search out on their own, too. Like, hopefully our music and our message inspires people um, to ask those questions and to search. We've had, uh, like, festival promoters or bookers or whoever, uh, you know, ask us to, like, halfway through the set, do a little speaking or whatever, and we say no, because we don't do that. We just let the music do what it's supposed to do and let that be that. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not a pastor. Lauren could be, but Charlie, you know, he's not that bright. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, yeah, so... We, we very much so let the music run the way it's supposed to with it. And yeah, kind of hope people find their way into, you know, figuring out whatever it is. That's always been my point with Christian music is that it should allow people to search out the answer. So much of the music that I hear on Christian radio is just so obvious. Yeah, I mean, there might be a time and place for that, and there might be the like, I'm not saying that 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 kind of music can't speak to someone, um, or that speaking from stage, preaching from stage, isn't going to resonate with someone. I feel like people that are are already in that place to receive the hope are going to receive the hope, um, and trying to convince someone of something just because you're expected to say something from the stage i i have a hard time with that switching tracks again i was surprised that your 2018 ep prelude didn't make as big an impact as it deserved i mean it had great tracks like reignite i also say that the title prelude was dead on because really it announced that theity was moving on to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was our whole goal of it. <laughs> yeah. We named it prelude with the hope that we would continue writing and, and like you said, moving in a new direction. Um, it was an EP, you know, just a, small gathering of songs um, and we had the intention of writing more but we didn't know what that was all going to look like uh, we had a lot of change going on in our band at that time when we were writing and recording it so it was just kind of like a, a little nod toward hey this is where we're moving and um, I, I appreciate that you think it deserved to be recognized a little more <laughs> <laughs> so prelude was three years ago The new album, Smoke and Mirrors, is now out, and it shows even more of a change for Theity. I find it more polished, it's more aggressive, and maybe even more cinematic. Yeah. Do you really feel that you've amped up your game? I I think so, and I agree that cinematic is a a very great way to put it. 
the the friend of ours that we wrote and recorded with um that's very much his style so uh, and we love that like i don't i don't feel like he took too many liberties or anything it was really good working with him and he helped to create music that really reflected the lyrics of the songs too which i think is really cool well something else that's changed in your music is the direction the lyrics are heading because the album is all about struggles the song carousel <laughs> yeah because the song carousel says cue the paralyzing pain your spell keeps me cold and gray i hate myself for letting you have this hold on me is that personal <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit um so you're was- talking about charles uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. yeah another song was inspired by charles but <laughs> um like all the songs kind of tie together into a lot of like i think they stem from a lot of common issues lyrically i like i, I wrote all the lyrics so my perspective when writing this music was was coming from a lot of just heart issues that i had to deal with a lot of disappointment and resentment and bitterness and anger. And, and I had a hard time moving past a lot of the hurt. And I can't even say that I'm 100% over all of that. But writing all of this music and having it be released and where we are right now, like I feel like it's been very therapeutic. And I think it's funny how like songs that I thought I knew what I was writing about, turns out, it ended up having a, a different meaning later on as I was you know, writing other songs. I would look back and I'd be like, oh, like it just takes on a, a different different perspective there. And, and it's it's interesting. So, um, yeah, Carousel was one where like I, I was having a lot, hard time letting something go. And it was just I, I realized and even even after I realized that it was affecting so many other areas in my life it was still hard to let that bitterness and anger and resentment go. So that's just kind of the imagery that came to my mind. And I was contemplating everything that I was experiencing was that like, I'm just stuck on this merry-go-round. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Because it is a carousel, another word for it. So it's eight songs, a full album, you know, but the song, nothing to prove has the line. I can taste the blood. As I bite my tongue, I hold back the flood. Some songs remain unsung. So that means you haven't shared everything. I feel like we shared all of our complete thoughts. There were there were a lot of lyrics that I wrote and then rewrote and then scrapped and started over. So it was like, it's kind of a nod to like, I... I thought long and hard about what words I wanted to say and what I wanted to put out into the world. Because to me, it's very important that these songs are something that I can sing years down the road when my healing has become more complete. And I don't feel guilty bringing up certain memories or or whatever. Like I want to still be able to truthfully sing these songs. And so there was a lot that I did write that I realized wasn't something that I wanted to release, you know. So we we did put out all of our complete songs as of right now. We're we're definitely going to continue writing, but um, that that's what that line is referencing. So tell me, when your healing is all done, is that going to make you a different person? 
I don't know if it'll make me a different person. That's interesting to think about, though. Um, I mean, I I hope that I'm always a growing person. So <laughs> I don't think that that I'm ever going to be complete. But different is a good way to look at it, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so the album is titled Smoke and Mirrors. And I want to put a twist on that. Because isn't Smoke and Mirrors a part of everyone's life? I mean, playing life behind a screen? Like, even Christian rock bands? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, To me, the title reflects a lot of spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Um, And the things that go on behind the scenes that we were distracted by, all of the the flair going on, but we may not realize what's really happening um and kind of going back toward like when i was writing lyrics i thought i was writing about something but then i realized that you know like oh it actually is more um more applicable in this light um so that's that's kind of what that is like it's it's a lot of distractions from what really matters and what's what the real heart of things is a lot of people live behind a screen you know which to me kind of just means like they're they're sort of fake. I feel like that's one of my biggest problems with like the whole like Christian music industry. I feel like a lot of those people are have like a fake off put of themselves than people who aren't in the Christian industry. That's something I feel like I like about us. Whenever you meet us, like I think we're sort of just, you know, what you see is what you get. Like whether we're playing at a, a bar or at, you know, a festival or like a church or some Christian festival, I, I think we're all kind of the exact same all the way through it. You should describe the album cover because it's disturbing. <laughs> um, like describe it, like, like tell people what it looks like. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The album cover is a picture of a young girl in a dress. You kind of see her facing you, but you don't see her face. It's just out of the view. But off to the side is a mirror, and she's holding a knife like behind her back. A huge knife. <laughs> it is. It is a large knife. <laughs> is that picture your dark side coming through? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Can we close up with a final song from the album? Because the in-between has this great line. Taste the smoke in the air. Who are we kidding? Distrust the fire you feed. Consumes the future we dreamed. Now to switch that around, what's the dreams for the future of Theity? I think the the dreams for the future just keep doing what we're doing. Just keep playing music. Uh, keep playing shows. Keep meeting people. Uh, keep fixing the bus. Keep fixing the bus <laughs> if that's what it takes. <laughs> well, there's a saying. I'm, I'm sure you've maybe heard it a time or two. Uh, that we're all full-time mechanics and part-time musicians, and that's a pretty true <laughs> statement. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming for this talk about theater. I've really enjoyed this. We have yeah. too, man. It, it was actually a lot deeper than I was expecting, but it was it got me to think, so it was fun. <laughs>